The Emergency Medical Minute proudly presents Ms. Lisa Reville, Executive Director of the Harm Reduction Action Center, with her talk about how to care for and keep safe those who use IV drugs in our communities. This is Dreamland in Denver, and her talk, Tales from a Harm Reductionist. Good evening. I'm your Sam opener. My name is Lisa Rayville. I'm the executive director of the Harm Reduction Action Center. We're Colorado's largest public health agency that works specifically with people who inject drugs. We're located right across the street from the Colorado State Capitol, right where we should be. In a very, 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 very magical world, there would be no drugs. But we live here, and there's one safe thing that folks can do today. And I think we can all agree that if stigma, shame, and incarceration worked with drug use, we'd have wrapped this up years ago. All that's done is drive use underground, where people have gotten preventable chronic diseases such as HIV, hepatitis C, and died of overdose. We're doing something different. So we have prevention over here, don't do drugs, drugs are bad, treatment over here, recovery over here, the criminalization of drug users. All I'm simply gonna talk about today is the life in the middle. There's a lot of life that happens. In a very black and white world, harm reduction is very gray. I don't want to wait until somebody wants to live a life of abstinence. I don't want to wait for them to get preventable chronic diseases such as HIV and hepatitis C and then start working with them. We're working with folks today. <laughs> Sounds like a volunteer out there. <laughs> So uh, we've been an agency for 15 years. We've only had the ability to exchange syringes for the last five. So we had to be very clever those first 10 years of working with people who inject drugs without the ability to exchange syringes. We passed seven pieces of statewide legislation in the last eight years, four to reduce the harms associated with overdose and three to reduce the harms associated with syringe criminalization. There's 5,000 injectors in the city of Denver that are known and additional 6,500 in the surrounding counties. We have over 7,300 folks that have signed up and done an intake at my agency. I see between 120 and 150 people per morning right across the street from the Colorado State Capitol. There's probably no better public health intervention in the entire world besides maybe washing your hands with soap and water and vaccinations than the opportunity to dispose properly of a used syringe and get access to a sterile syringe to prevent and eliminate the transmission of HIV and hepatitis C. We're the state's largest syringe access provider, and in five years, we've had our folks dispose of 2.2 million used syringes and done over 40,000 referrals. My toughest referral in the entire world is when someone stands in front of me and says, I want to stop doing drugs today. I cannot get anyone in the state of Colorado into substance abuse treatment today. It's impossible. And I'm the largest syringe exchange provider in the state. And we're a gateway to treatment for so many people. We're creating a relationship with a very marginalized population that when they want to do something different, we're the first folks they come to. And so that's problematic. I can't get you into Suboxone today. I can't get you into Methadone today. I can't get you into Inpatient today. That's what I can't do today. But what I can do today is prevent and eliminate the transmission of HIV and Hepatitis C and keep people alive from overdose. Overdose is now the leading cause of death of Americans under the age of 50. Overdose is the leading cause of death of homeless adults in Colorado and has been since 2012. We can do better. I know we can do better because we've started doing better. We have access to naloxone or Narcan. Anybody heard of it? Just brought mine just in case. It's safe and highly effective. Paramedics and emergency departments have been using it for over 40 years. 
which is really great if overdoses happen around paramedics or emergency departments. So it's been really important to have it in the hands of drug users first and foremost. And then we've passed legislation for third parties, people around people at risk of an opioid overdose. Mothers, homeless service providers, me, law enforcement. We can carry naloxone because we're often best placed to do so. In the last eight years at my agency, we've had nine overdoses happen in and around the agency. We've actually had some people drive people who are overdosing to my agency because they were too afraid to go to the emergency department. There's a lot of deeply seated fears in Denver that emergency departments warrant check. That's illegal. But opioid users never want to be in withdrawal because it's physically painful. The average heroin injector injects three to five times a day just to keep well. We have black tar heroin in Colorado, which is difficult to snort and expensive to smoke, so they almost have to exclusively inject it. The average cocaine injector injects 12 to 15 times a day. I want folks using new sterile equipment every single time. 152 law enforcement departments in the state are currently carrying naloxone, thanks to the Attorney General's office. We're probably training about 10 more departments tomorrow and an additional 10 in the next coming weeks. As far as I understand, in 2017, law enforcement did over 300 reversals in our community because they're often first on the scene. My agency has been giving out naloxone to drug users for the last five years. We've trained over 2,000 drug users on how to recognize and respond to an overdose, and we've currently had 754 lives saved to date. That's 754 people that lived another day and saw another sunrise. And a lot of times people talk to me and they're like, well, you know, like, well, you know, what's it like working at a syringe exchange? There's not a lot of good media representation about it, right? You don't see it on TV. Uh, the biggest naloxone reversal that you've ever seen is Pulp Fiction, which they did it wrong. Quentin never calls. <laughs> But there's a lot of hope in a syringe access program because no one's mandated to be there. People are being proactive about their health. They're reaching out and they're doing one safe and positive thing today. And if that's just walking through the doors, then that's a good day. We measure success differently. Somebody that goes to the emergency departments for abscesses all the time and are tired of doing that, and we know it can be very costly, we'll talk about using an alcohol pad before they inject. Anytime you break your skin, you're at risk of infection. We'll talk about mourning those that we've lost. We have an overdose memorial wall that I will not allow to go onto another wall. So now we've been making this picture smaller and smaller because we cannot allow that to happen anymore. I'm all done with that. 64,000 people in 2016, 52,404 folks in 2015. 912 folks in Colorado died of an overdose in 2016. 174 of them died in the city and county of Denver, and 20 of those people died of an overdose outside, in an alley, in a park, or in a business bathroom. I'm all done with that, too. Last January, over a two-week period, we lost seven participants, six to overdose. I was calling the coroner's office every other day. And that's when we started our aggressive policy initiative, because I don't want another person to die of an overdose and I definitely don't want them to die outside, in an alley, in a park, or in a business bathroom. 70% of our folks are homeless or transitionally housed. Because we know that injectors inject three to five times a day just to be well, or 12 to 15 times a day with cocaine, we know that's happening outside, in alleys, in parks, and in business bathrooms. There's currently some, an initiative that's happening. It's called Senate Bill 40, and CPR said it died, and it did not die. CPR, I'm watching you. 
<laughs> but you know, nobody's waving their harm reduction freak flag about it either, except me, that's why I'm here tonight. So, there's a lot of things in that bill. It came out of the opioid interim committee, which was really great, in a state of the state since last July, and 10 legislators were meeting and heard from everybody from prevention to treatment to law enforcement, and everybody was on the same page, and you know, bills came out with bipartisan support with co-sponsors on it, and this allows syringe exchange out of emergency departments, which would be huge because we know there's not a lot of glory in starting a syringe exchange, I can assure you. Naloxone access for school nurses, right? We want school nurses to be able to have access to naloxone. And then one pilot supervised use site, taking injecting out of the public sphere and putting it into a controlled environment. It's currently happening in 10 countries, 63 cities, and 102 total facilities. Not only does it take people out of the public sphere and put them into a controlled environment, it reduces the acquisition of HIV and hepatitis C, since people don't share or reuse equipment. Proper syringe disposal right there, which promotes healthy syringe disposal. It reduces skin tissue infections, which can be very costly in emergency departments. And in 20 years, in 10 countries, and 102 facilities, no one's ever died of an overdose on that premises because there's been a trained professional there to recognize and respond. And I want to get to zero because we're losing too many people and dead drug users do not have the opportunity for recovery. So join me. Join us. 2018 is a great time to be a harm reductionist because we want to prevent and eliminate the transmission of HIV and hepatitis C and keep people alive from overdose. Thank you. Dreamland in Denver was brought to you in part by the Colorado Hospital Association, the Colorado American College of Emergency Physicians, CarePoint Healthcare, Copic, Collective Medical Technologies, Swedish Medical Center, and the University of Colorado Skag School of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Sciences.